The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome in to the Cyclone Alert Cyclone Scoop podcast. Michael Swain here at the Iowa State Beat Writer for 24-7 Sports. Really excited about the podcast we have coming your way this Thursday. We're going to talk to Garrett Ross for a little bit. Garrett covers Baylor for our Baylor 24-7 Sports website, Bears Illustrated. Just get his thoughts on Baylor heading into the Big 12 opener, some things that have caught his attention about the Bears and maybe some of the, the challenges they could cause Iowa State in this Big 12 opener. But before we get into the podcast with him, Let's talk a little bit about the UNLV game. Um, I don't think there's necessarily a ton of big picture takeaways you can get from that game, just given the fact that UNLV is one of the worst FBS teams if you look at the SP Plus rankings. But I think a few positive developments for Iowa State. I think first and foremost, Brees Hall continues to look better week over week. You look at that performance compared to what he looked like against UNI. Seems like he has a lot more juice when he runs right now. He was relying on his vision. A lot more you saw him cut back across the formation to the backside of plays a few times. I think those are things you saw from Brees Hall a lot last season that maybe you didn't see from him early on in the year. And I I think outside of that, on offense, Xavier Hutchinson getting back and looking more confident after his, uh, I think you say lackluster performance against Iowa. He looked a lot more confident. I think when Xavier Hutchinson is kind of rolling, you can see him rely on that physicality, getting you know yards after the catch, running really crisp routes. Really liked what I saw from him. Um, defensively, not a whole lot to kind of bring out of that other than the defense continues to play really, really well. Uh, I think Kamani King has put together a really strong start to the season in his first three games starting in his Iowa State career at that field safety position. He's someone that packs a lot of punch. You know, he's under six foot, doesn't weigh over 190. I think he's 185 on the roster. So been really impressed with him so far. And in terms of the front six, that, that group has just been dominant to start the season so far. Uh, Gary Vaughn in particular, I think, deserves some credit for the way that he stepped in in place of Orion Vance um, over the last two games. He seems like he's playing with a lot of confidence. Seems like he's knowing where he's supposed to be, what he's doing. Doesn't seem like he's been in the wrong spots or anything close to that. So really impressed with him. And of course, we'll see if Orion Vance can make his return against Baylor this weekend. Matt Campbell said he'll be a game time decision during his weekly press conference on Tuesday. And outside of that, I think maybe one other development that was intriguing to me was maybe some of the special teams changes. Jalen Knoll took over as the punt returner. Seems like he had a lot of confidence being back there fielding the punts. He had one that was similar to the punt we saw against Iowa with Tariq Milton, where Milton let the ball bounce and it kind of lost Iowa State 20, 25 yards of field position. And on this occasion, um, Noel ran up, caught it, seemed confident running up and running forward into that catch. And we know what he can do. You know, he was a really dynamic wide receiver at the high school level, someone that the staff is clearly really high on because he's earned a lot of snaps here early in the season at that slot receiver position. So he has a level of dynamic playmaking that I think Trick Milton did offer. But in terms of just fielding the punt, seemed like he's really confident doing that. 
And then I also thought that Eli Sanders, the true freshman running back out of Chandler, Arizona, taking over the kickoff return duties was intriguing as well. I wrote about him a little bit in the spring and his kind of speed that he has, but he's kind of the closest thing Iowa State has to a Kene Nuongo, where Nuongo had elite speed. Uh, he said his 40 time at the pro day was like 4-3 something, a sub 4-4, which is just incredibly fast. Now, I don't think Eli Sanders can run a sub four or a sub four four right now, but his track times did rival that of Kenny Nwangu. A little bit slower, but still that same elite track speed. And I thought you saw some of that against UNLV. So I think Iowa State now has maybe two dynamic playmakers on those special teams units, and we know how important those can be. I mean, it was an important moment in that Iowa game, and we know how many big moments Kenny Nwangu came up with last season in terms of big kickoff returns. So just some quick thoughts going into this Baylor game. But with that said, let's dive into this interview with Garrett Ross. All right, I'm joined now by Garrett Ross, who works for our Baylor site at bearsillustrated.com. Really excited for at least Iowa State's first Big 12 matchup of the year. I know Baylor obviously demolished Kansas on Saturday, but I think this is shaping up to be honestly a, a really intriguing game. Maybe one of those games that'll fly under the radar this week, maybe from a national perspective, just because I think Iowa State maybe has lost some steam since the Iowa game, but I think Baylor's arguably probably the hottest team in the Big 12 right now. They started the season 3-0. They had a, a win over Texas State to open the year. Then they whooped on Texas Southern 66-7 and then opened up their own Big 12 slate with the game at Kansas, um, which they won 45-7. to And that Kansas game I thought was a little bit interesting because at halftime it was a 14-7 a to game, but then in the second half, Baylor really pulled away, thirty-one to nothing in the second half. Um, so I, I think we'll, let's start here, Garrett. Um, what were maybe some of just your your big takeaways from maybe Baylor's first Big Twelve matchup um, to start the season? I mean, for me, I honestly wanted to see if Baylor could come out and put a team away, right? Like, like when you go back to the opening game of the year with Texas State, it, it was kind of it, it was kind of back and forth. They struggled to pull away from them. Uh, and then in game two, when you're taking on Texas Southern, they have no problem with it. You know, they, they, it was kind of over from the jump with uh, Texas Southern. So I wanted to see this Kansas game. Could you put an opponent away? And I think Baylor was able to show that they could. You know, and you mentioned the first half was kind of close. I think anytime you go on a road environment uh, like that, regardless if it's Kansas or not, um, that's something to take into account. And Baylor was still trying to fill themselves out. Um, you know, Kansas gave them everything they could in the first half. Uh, Baylor had some mental errors uh, penalty-wise, uh, which is something Coach Aranda has been wanting to, to fix. And I think they made the necessary adjustments to come out in the second half to, to show everybody that we can handle business, we can be dominant, and we can close out Big 12 opponents. Definitely. And when maybe Baylor was clicking then in the second half, what did that look like for fans that maybe weren't watching, you know, on ESPN Plus? Like, what did Baylor like look like there in the second half when they were really starting to blow Kansas out there? They looked really confident, man. I think the offense, the offense, really started to find its rhythm. Uh, Gary Bohannon showed that he is versatile. Uh, he's a, he's a guy, man. He's he's super confident in what he does. Um, but he, he showed that he could make plays. I think Baylor is still showing that they have a lot of wrinkles to their offense that people aren't aware of yet. Uh, you had Ben Sims uh, get a tight end, uh, the tight end to get a, a touchdown to start the game. 
Uh, that's going to be something interesting to watch is, is the growth of the tight ends as the offense unfolds. You also got to see them uh, score with the fullback. So I think that it's kind of shown that we don't know the full potential of this offense yet, um, but it's it's really fun to watch uh, their defense took care of business. Uh, they, they dominated. That's what you need to see from a group that returns 10 starters. Um, I think they probably kind of took it personally that the game was a little closer than it should have been. But uh, mm-hmm. in the end, Baylor just proved that they were the better team than Kansas. Now you've got a really solid opponent coming up in Iowa State, top 25 team. Can you show that same kind of force now? Definitely. And you maybe led me into another topic I wanted to hit on, which is the Baylor defense, because they've been really good to start the year. And if you like looking at maybe the analytics and SP plus, they're the 11th ranked defense in the country right now. And you look at Dave Aranda, of course, at LSU defensive coordinator has a a really kind of a a good track record in terms of being a defensive minded coach. I guess what step forwards has Baylor taken over the course of the offseason into this year to where, you know, against Kansas, they allowed the fewest yards, 166 since 2016. Um, and now in the Big 12, they're second in defense behind Iowa State. I think for me, and listening to the players, Kalen uh, Barnes, the, the D-back, kind of brought this up a couple of weeks ago. It's, it's communication without speaking. Uh, these guys know where they're going to be at. Uh, think about it last year, man, when this defense was uh, put together and Ron Roberts came over, they had no offseason to work with, right? So you have uh, all the talent in the world, but you're having to learn a totally different scheme with with no offseason. Uh, so they showed some some signs of life last season. Um, and then now fast forward a little bit, you have a year under, you have nine games under your belt from last year. You have a full offseason to prepare uh, and you have 10 starters returning. So I, I think that these guys know what to expect from each other. Um, and you have a guy like Terrell Bernard, you know, who is the undoubted the, the leader on this team. And he can say things and he can motivate these guys on the field in ways that coaches can't, right? And I think there's, there's no real ego issues. Everybody feeds off each other. Um, and they're just really solid. They're, they're fun to watch and they enjoy playing the game. Definitely. And maybe if you could identify – so far through three games and you know the competition ranges right in the teams that Baylor's gone against so far but what areas has maybe Baylor excelled and if you're looking ahead like what areas are they going to need to kind of shore up for them to have a a quality Big 12 campaign right absolutely man so I think let's start with what you need to shore up um I'm I'm gonna say the defensive line um, especially in this game, and I asked Coach Aranda, you know, how important is it going to be with a guy like Brees Hall to you know, win that point mm-hmm. of attack and not let him get to the second and third levels? And I think that's something we really need to see. Uh, you bring over uh, Sakiaka uh, Apu from LSU, and he was supposed to be a big factor. They, it, it was like all the talk was around him in the offseason. Uh, he comes in the game one against Texas Southern. I mean, Texas State doesn't really do much. I think he has like one or two tackles in the game. And then immediately has a, an, an issue off the field and has to miss game two. Um, you know, and then he comes back game three, and it's essentially the same thing that we saw. So uh, you need to see more development from him. Um, I think TJ Franklin has done a really excellent job on the defensive line, shoring up the edges. Um, but that's the one area of concern I want to see. I need to see more um, effort from those guys up front. I think when you look at the linebacker core, 
Uh, it's solid. Uh, you have, you know, uh, Terrell Bernard in the middle, Jalen Petrie coming off the edge, and then Matt Jones. Uh, he's been really impressive this year because a lot of people are trying to stay away from, you know, Petrie. They're trying to stay away from Bernard, and Matt Jones has kind of been able to take advantage of that. He's, he's seen a lot of action, uh, a lot of play on the edges. And then on the back end, uh, you know, it's – Kalen Barnes has done tremendous things, but I've been really impressed with the play of JT Woods over the first uh, three games of the season. Uh, he kind of set the tone in that Texas Southern game when he had the pick six. And then against Texas Southern, I mean, he he picks up a fumble, returns at 98 yards to the house, changed, you know, I mean, just the momentum kind of swings at, at that point. Um, but uh, that's what I've really been impressed mm. with is the back end, the linebacker play. Uh, but the off the defensive line, I think, is really going to get tested this week. I mean, because, you know, I mean, Iowa State, they got some dogs up front, man. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Oh, for sure. And it's so interesting you mentioned defensive line because I think if I'm going to pick one part of the Iowa State offense that has maybe underwhelmed so far, I think I would say the offensive line because, you know, Iowa State has a ton of talent up front. You look at someone like Trevor Downing, who in years past really garnered a lot of praise from the coaches. Daryl Simmons is someone that came on as a redshirt freshman last year, really impressed. Obviously, Colin Newell is an all Big 12 type of guy. So is Derek Schweiger, who they moved to right tackle. So that, that's really interesting that the defensive line is the area for Baylor that needs to improve. And I think conversely, like you look at that linebacking core, then that's going to make a really good matchup then for someone like Charlie Kohler, who, you know, dealt with some injuries or an injury, I should say during fall camp. And Matt Campbell said that he's getting closer to hundred percent. So I think that's going to make for a really interesting battle there and maybe transitioning now to the offensive side of the ball. I think this is what's maybe surprised me most about Baylor going into the year was I think you knew that, Baylor was going to have a really good defense with Dave Aranda's track record, the amount of talent they had coming back. But the offense has taken me by surprise where, you know, last year Baylor was bottom of the big 12 in offense outside of Kansas where they were last in rushing and number seven in passing. And they made the transition from uh, Larry Fedora to Jeff Grimes. So I let's start with the coordinator change because I think that's maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that might be the root of some of the changes here, but what maybe has Jeff Grimes done differently than Larry Fedor did last season? I have confidence in the running game, man. I mean, that was the, the mind-blowing thing, mind-boggling thing to me last season is when you got Tristan Ebner in the backfield, you had John Lovett, you had guys who, with proven success under Coach Aranda, and they just disappeared. Uh, that, that made no sense. Uh, last season and they really struggled to even form an identity you had Charlie Brewer running for his life um, you know and and no help up front you couldn't give him any relief in the run game to open up spread in the field and that's total opposite of what you're seeing this year I mean the offensive line um, has has developed really quickly in this wide zone blocking scheme from coach Mateos I think knowing that we're going to run the ball we want to run the ball um, and we're going to be successful running the ball. And, and you do that with Tristan Ebner. You get him involved. But to me, the, the, one of the biggest differences is Abram Smith. I mean, this is a guy that when he was coming out of high school from Abilene out in West Texas, he was highly touted running back, man. Uh, he comes in, 
and Baylor decides, you know, we're going to put you in the defensive rotation. We're going to put you at linebacker. He has some success. Uh, this year they bring him back. Uh, you get him in a full offseason. And it's like he hasn't missed a beat at the running back position. He's been a real difference maker. And then you throw in Tay McWilliams, uh, who's been getting a lot of key reps down the end. And, and when you think about this, Baylor's had more rushing yards in three games than they had in nine games last year. That's absurd. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of been the biggest difference, man, is is knowing we're a running team, we're going to run, and you've got to stop that. And Gary Bohannon, it, it's opened up pass plays for him. You know, he's he's not having to make extended throws down the field. He, he could be selective and have to throw – he could throw underneath because he's got the time. Um, and then teams have to – they have to account for his ability to, to make plays with his feet – which we've seen as well. So I think that is kind of the biggest difference in the offense so far this season uh, mm. to what it was last year. Definitely. And from a statistical perspective, when I was looking at kind of some of Baylor's stuff on Monday night, uh, the fact that Tress Nebner and Abram Smith are two of, I believe, the top five in the Big 12 in all-purpose yards, that really caught my attention. Yeah. Both of them have already rushed for over 300 yards through three games. And Matt Campbell on – Tuesday, when we got the chance to talk to him for his weekly press conference, he was adamant that it all starts up front for Baylor on the offensive line. And he was asked, you know, how talented are the running backs? And he's like, well, it really does start up front. So from your perspective, and you mentioned it maybe a second earlier, but what has either changed or caught your attention about this offensive line group to where they've been able to kind of pave the way for two guys to get off to a really strong start in the run game? That's a really good question, and Coach Aranda was asked, you know, something similar to, on Monday, and he said for him, it's really the the confidence in this group. Um, he said he would walk into a room, you know, last year, even during the off season, and tell people like, we want to be uh, known for our offensive line. We want our offense to go through our offensive line, and people would kind of look at him like, dude, are you crazy? Like, do you see this? Um, but now he says that he walks in a room and he can say that same thing. And people are like, okay, yeah, we understand it. Um, I think that just having guys like Xavier Newman Johnson, who has come back for his fifth year, uh, he used the COVID eligibility. Um, all the guys really look at him. He's been a lot, really successful. And Coach Aranda says he's playing his best football right now. Um, a guy like Gavin Byers that's coming over. He got his first start in that Texas State game uh, at right tackle, and he hasn't looked back. He's looked really solid. And I've been really impressed with Josh Ball. This is a kid. He's a senior. He transferred to Baylor from Buffalo. And think about that, man. You have a brand-new center, a brand-new quarterback, new offensive line coach. You got a new offensive coordinator, and your offense is rolling this early. I think it's just really – it shows that the foundation is there and the sky is the limit for this unit. Mm. And I think it's – to use the cliche, it's the – unstoppable force versus an unmovable object here on Saturday because you look at Iowa State's rushing defense and they're averaging less than two yards a carry and what they're allowing. And it's a group that obviously the three three five stack has become kind of the, the rage in college football now, but yeah. it's a group that's played really, really well to start the season. And I think that matchup right there, I think that's probably where the game will be won or lost. It's who can either from Iowa State's perspective, it's can you stop the run? and you know, force Baylor's quarterback to beat you through the air? Or is Baylor going to be able to kind of get what they want? Because then all of a sudden, and from what you've said so far, it sounds like Gary Bohannon could kind of do just a little bit of everything. Um, 
and to maybe dive into his game a little bit, because obviously Iowa State fans have watched Charlie Brewer for a few years, and mm-hmm. he's now not, no longer on Utah, which is kind of crazy as well. But um, I digress. Um, what maybe about Gary Bohannon has stood out to you so far, and how would you maybe describe his skill set? And if you were thinking from maybe an Iowa State perspective, how would you scheme against him and try and limit what he can do on offense? Man, for me, Bohannon is just – he seems so confident in his ability and he's even taken the extra time to where he's hosting individual meetings at night with the individual groups on the office. Like he'll take the offensive line in on say Monday and the running backs on Tuesday. And he's done a really good job of understanding what the other players on the offense are seeing in these certain formations. So when something plays out or our defense makes a shift everybody's on the same page. He's really been a student of the game and learned from that perspective. I think that's been really impressive. Um, his personality, th- this is a kid that he's always smiling. He's always happy. Um, and he just lifts everybody up around him. Uh, Coach Aranda was even talking on Monday about how Gary kind of calms him down, you know, like, like in a situation mm-hmm. where, you know, it's kind of questionable or um, it, it's, it's big. Gary's personality, his persona, it just makes everything calm. Everybody believes in it. Like he's a true leader, man. Um, I think that I'm still wanting to see if he could stretch the ball down the field consistently, um, especially you know going against Iowa State. If Baylor's not able to to have success early on in the run game, and how do they adjust? How does Baylor adjust to that? And uh, you know, are you going to see more of the tight ends get involved? I think that you know. Ben Sims is going to be big in this game, in my opinion, uh, especially if the pressure comes. Can you get him open in the middle underneath? Uh, also look for Drake Dabney. I think he's the other tight end. He only had a, like one catch last week, uh, but he's a factor as well. They get a lot of targets in practice um, that you don't see it in the game. I think this is going to be an instance where the tight ends could be the difference maker um, for Baylor. Awesome. Well, Garrett, great stuff. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast. For any Iowa State fans looking to get some more information on Baylor, obviously go over to bearsillustrated.com and they will have you covered. You can also follow Garrett on Twitter at underscore Garrett Ross. Thanks a ton, Garrett, for coming on the podcast. Hey, I appreciate you having me, man. Thanks again to Garrett for coming on the podcast. Thought it was some really insightful stuff from him. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the Cyclone Alert Cyclone Scoop podcast. If you like what you heard, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. If you're not already following, give us a follow on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and you'll get to see whenever a new podcast comes up. But that'll do it for this week's episode, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.